It's time for the Design Elements segment on Real World Gardener. In the studio, I've got Garden Designer, Director of Paradise's Garden Design, Peter Nixon. How are you today, Peter? I'm extremely well, Marion. Oh, so good to hear, and it's so good to see you in the studio again. Now, we've been doing a series on non-general lines of, of with foliage, colour, textual contrasts and year-round interest. Yes, we're not talking about those plants that you can just go up to the big box stores and buy it because these ones just are so much better. don't know why they don't grow them. Anyway, we're talking about sub-shrubs today. No, we're not. We're talking about climber heroes. Climber heroes. Climber heroes. Yes, so what are climber heroes? Come on. <laughs> okay, climber heroes. Well, uh, we are talking in the cool subtrops uh, context, So, but meaning minimum winter overnight might be down to about five mm-hmm. or six. And that's a real limiter. Once you get much below that, then you it's a bit of a game changer. You've got to really think about planting that will go there in the June-July period. So everything above that would be cool subtrops. If we're talking about climbers, then white fragrance, conomorpha fragrance, the climbing frangipani, which is actually nothing to do with frangipani, Marion. It's just a common name. Conomorpha is not plumeria, but... When you look at it, the flower, it is a bit like a frangipani and does have a scent. It's indescribable. Can't really describe the scent. Yes, it always smells like the ocean to me. So when, you, when it's really, you've got it going and they all come out at once, particularly in the early morning, if it's calm with no, no wind, you'll just go come within a five or six metre distance of it and it just is everywhere. The, the the center is um, is Pervasive. all pervading. Yes, yeah. yes, it's and, a and it's a large flower. Thing. Yeah, it's a large flower. So I can see why they call it climbing frangipani because if you think of a frangipani flower, mm. some of them are not always pointed. But this one's more rounded, the petals more rounded, yeah. and the pet the petals are slightly recurved yeah. uh, backwards, and it does have the little gold eye. That's what makes makes people think of it as a frangipani. The rest of it's white. So um, it does have quite a vigorous ropey habit. Not the kind that you really have to stand back with a whip and chair. Uh, however, we're talking cool subtrops. If you were to take it to warm subtrops to um, northern rivers, north of Coffs, then probably you would have to keep that whip and chair handy uh, because in the growing season it would really take off so if you're planting it there i'd say from the planting space allow about five meters either side wouldn't be too much and if you're going to put it onto a support make sure it's a big hefty one so a big solid pergola not something that's not up for it because it'll get a fair bit of weight on that canopy once it gets going So uh, in the cool subtrops, whether we're talking Sydney, uh, Metro or um, Central Coast, New South Wales, the leaves would drop off completely, so it is deciduous, and doesn't really wake up until about Christmas. So really, if if you did get a frost, you could really grow this on a north-facing wall, because if it's deciduous... Oh, a frost. Mm, I I think... You might be really pushing it okay. if you if you started with a big enough plant and you put it in in October or November. That's while it was still deciduous. If you were buying a local one, then yes, you might develop enough root fibre to get it through the first winter. But uh, I think 
in a, even a light frost, I'd be thinking of going to something else. Now, for that, you could go to Dombea Ianthotrica. Now, that's a beautiful climber for the winter. So it has large uh, vitex or grape-type leaves, which, when you touch them, feel paper-thin. Mm. They're kind of floating uh, and take accepts every little little breeze. So it has a, quite an ornamental quality even before the flowers come on. Usually by beginning of July, they're all pendulous hanging bunches of between red and orange. And it's a barrel-shaped inflow. And they must unfurl in the night, I notice, because every time I see them open, the inside surface of the petals is coated in pollen, which is probably for the pollinator which makes you think it's probably nocturnal. So that then if a moth or whatever the pollinator is goes hovers underneath the pendulous bunch and then goes into a flower, it, it can't help get the pollen on its head. Indeed. Now, one thing about Dombeos of all kinds, they have spectacular flowers. And this one, I just think they look like a bunch of roses, like close up, you know. That's real. Like there's nothing else like it, is no. there, this one? It's really, really a standalone. doesn't have any scent. But the visual of it, and really I just grow it for its leaf. It's such uh, an amazing, if talking um, foliage textural con- contrast, and even foliage colour. It tends to colour into a, a rosy bronze in the cooler weather during the June-July period, so you get some colour lift as well. Does it drop its leaves in winter, its deciduous? No, uh, it might drop a few. Okay. Ten- no, I've found it to be evergreen, certainly where I am in cool subtrops on the central coast but um, if you were to take it to the other side of the range uh, in the interior and it was quite a cold winter like orange or bathurst probably would probably would uh, drop its leaves I'd say and you would need to have a north facing wall it's certainly one to look for and you, if you didn't want a climber but you wanted something unusual with that spectacular leaf shape and colour you can actually prune it into a shrub Yes, that's true. So you could train it as an espalier. You could, it's kind of a climber shrub, really. Mm. But if you kept taking those long whips off, then that would force growth from lower down in the plant and you would have this self-forming bun-shaped shrub. So that's true. That's right. Right. Now, the next, the next example you have is Hoya carnosa. Yes, well, that's right at the other end of the spectrum. And really we're talking about an epiphyte, so it grows on the tree and usually just in accumulated leaf litter like a lot of other epiphytes where the main branch unions are, where enough organic material can accumulate. So that being the case, the plant thinks that it's growing in very, very fast drainage, which it is. If you put it in the ground as a terrestrial and it doesn't have fast drainage, you'll have a very, very sad hoya. So the leaves, which are quite succulent if you snap one it's full of water and that's also as a leads to a success as an epiphyte because up there with very fast drainage if we have a uh, a period of no rain then that foliage will have to not dehydrate that's why it's got this juicy leaf now Hoyas is one of those plants that collectors love, and there's so many variations. Of so hoya. many, yes. <laughs> yes, Hoyakonosa snowball, for example, and so on and so on. And you don't have to put it in the ground, grow them in. I mean, collectors can have them in a, in a container yep. for all their life. Yep. Yes, yes. And uh, even under full cover, 
So apartment dwellers where it's full cover on their step-out patio, no problem. Happy to be in a container. Like a lot of the semi-indoor aroids that lend themselves like anthurium. So you could plant it with those uh, under full cover and it wouldn't get dry foliage predation like mites and things like that. So um, only thing with it is don't cut those flowering spurs off. Even though once the flowers have gone over and you're looking along the stem thinking, what's that knobbly bit? Let's just tidy that up. No, because you will have cut the flowers off. You need to leave those little spurs on so that next season's flowers will come from the same place. Indeed. And there we have it. That's Climber Heroes for Cool Subtrops. And I've been speaking with Peter Nixon from Paradise's Garden Designs. It's been a pleasure having you in the studio, Peter. It's always a pleasure to talk to you, Marion.